Thank you for listening to Pow Block Podcast, the flagship Nintendo podcast of Boss Rush Network. Do you need even more gaming and entertainment in your life? Head over to BossRush.net where you can find news, reviews, creators, podcasts, and more focused around the content you enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Nintendo Pop Black here on Boss Rush Network. I'm your host, the Enlightened Excited Eddie V. Joining me is the Eddie Insider himself, Mr. Dan Murphy. And the Gallivating Galatran himself, Mr. Jacob Taylor. Hey, what's going on, Ed? Dan, how are y'all doing? It is going great. Everybody, this is our last live show for 2021. It's episode 275. Um, first of all, I want to thank all the people who have watched uh, who have listened to us on the podcast and who has uh, just hit us up on Twitter and Discord and interact with us. We truly thank you guys for joining us. Uh, and those who are watching the live stream now, thank you again for joining us on these Monday nights. Uh, I really am appreciative. The team is appreciative. And uh, just to give you guys heads up, um, when we get back next year, January 3rd, we are going to be doing our game of the year for Nintendo Power Block. Who will come out? We don't know yet. There's a lot of games to choose from. You guys will just have to wait two weeks. It's only going to be two weeks until the new year, before the new year happens. And we will have our, you will have your answer for the Nintendo Power Block game of the year. But there's also more, everybody. If you go to bossrush.net, you can check out our merch store because. Nintendo Power Block actually have merchandise, hoodies, shirts, caps. You can all get it that says Power Block on them. And we, we, you guys really should check it out. It'll be a good Christmas gift or, you know, gift to yourself. So do go to check out uh, BossRush.net and uh, check out the merch section on the website. Uh, with that being said, how was everybody's weekend? Jacob, how was your weekend? My weekend was good, man. I um I played an exciting new game that that I, I reached out to an indie publisher and and talked with them and and started an exciting new game that I'll talk about in in playing with power. And I started learning Japanese and I'm taking oh I didn't bring it with me. I'm taking it very yeah I'm taking it very seriously. I'm like I'm like practicing writing out the like the syllables. Because they don't mm-hmm. use they don't necessarily use letters the way we use letters. They their their characters are syllables, and so like you know how like in in kindergarten you would write like a a a like thirty five times to like yeah. practice it and get it. And I've been writing that down and then also using the app. And and me and Becca are doing that together. So that's been that's been a lot of fun. Um, I and I like I can successfully navigate my way somewhat around a Japanese. Um, uh, uh, keyboard for like a phone, so I can say like I can say like good morning and just very simple stuff. You know, one through I think I've, they've only taught us one through seven so far, but we're taking it slow and trying to really soak it all in to try and learn Japanese. This is day two. This we started it on the weekend. Yeah, ah. so it's but yeah, my my notebook is like. It's already I'm filling up several pages now, so that's been that's been really cool. I'm excited for that, and I hope to like 
buy like a game in Japanese and play it and be able to like fully understand it. And uh, <laughs> so the ins the installers came yesterday. They showed up in like a whirlwind. They like drilled holes in our roof and in our walls and everything. And then they're like, you know what? The plan's not even going to work for this. So uh, we're going to give you a new plan. And they just wrapped up and left. <laughs> so now we're just sitting here with like holes in our walls and everything. And we're like, huh, uh, this didn't work out great. But <laughs> at the end, it will work out. So you're switching... Uh, to solar, uh, solar energy. Yeah, we're tr- we're trying to, we're trying to. We we think we can get enough uh, sunlight for it. Ah, that's awesome. Well, uh, for me, uh, have my Christmas rehearsal uh, this week. Um, the nineteenth on the, that Sunday is the actual uh, Christmas performance. Uh, it's a, a presentation, I should say, and so. Uh, I actually had to sing alto for the choir, and I was just like, I feel like I'm losing my voice, so I got to literally take it easy this whole weekend. I've been trying to say, you know what, I'm not going to try to sing or anything, and all weekend I've been singing. I'm like, oh, dang it. (laughs) So this week I got to kind of hold it down, but I have started Halo Infinite. and it's so buttery smooth on Series X. The delays uh, really helped 343 Studios. I'm definitely enjoying this game. Um, loving doing the side quests and everything. Uh, I got an achievement today uh, that I put on my Twitter. It's called uh, Please Shut Up. And, and it's when you destroy a propaganda tower that these grunts are telling, like, this stupid story. And you destroy it, and you just get, like, this achievement for destroying one. I'm just like, oh, that's very funny. Um, but I am enjoying that. And then seeing some amazing endings. Um uh, one clappy hand, uh, uh, Greek, uh, the Gus. Like they, I've seen some indie games that's also come. That's, they're going to be on Switch, but they come in the Xbox. And I'm like, you know what? I need to put some indie games on my Xbox, on my Series X, um, because we, I feel like sometimes when Xbox get indie games, I need to support it on that platform. I'm not worried so much about PlayStation and. Uh, switch but i was just like man i need to support indies on this platform because i want more indies to come to series x and it they just always get ignored and everything so but that was kind of my weekend and everything and uh also getting ready to uh write a year-end review for nintendo itself so you guys be able to check uh uh, that out on uh boss Switch games in the coming weeks just a whole overview of what things uh nintendo released like the hardware the games um the events the wackiness that they had uh it's going to be a really good one that you guys should be able to watch uh, i mean be able to read and everything but with that everybody we're going to get into snack tendo dan what have you been snacking on um i've probably talked about this a few times but um we make our own ramen at home and we had that for dinner tonight. So, uh, it was just like a plus steak ramen. Good stuff. <sighs> I, the minute the moment people miss your ramen, I just pass out because <laughs> I, I love ramen. So much. That's awesome. Did you add any, uh, like sides to it? Like, um, no, we just go straight, straight ramen. 
eat the ramen, whatever's in it. Do like bean sprouts, the ramen noodles, uh, you know, green onions, steak, uh, hard boiled egg, all the good stuff. Nice. What about you, Jacob? What you been snacking on? Okay, so I have been waiting to come back on the show because I had an experience that I wanted to talk about for Snackendo. So, as as a lot of people that follow me know, I drink G Fuel. I'm one of the very many many people that drink G Fuel. Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag please sponsor me, G Fuel. Um, listen, the 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 wizards, the wizards at Gamma Labs who make G Fuel blew my mind a couple weeks ago because they released a new flavor in a tub that's called Raspberry Pi. And if you haven't had G Fuel before, basically they're all, it's always like a, except for one, which was very much like an April Fool's Day joke flavor, which was Chili Dogs from Sonic. Okay. Like, like not from Sonic, the restaurant based off of Sonic, the hedgehog, cause he loves chili dogs. That was, that was like a very obvious, like joke flavor. Everyone that like tried it said it was awful. Um, all the other flavors are like candy themed or like fruit themed. Right. So like something that's very simple to wrap your brain around when you drink a drink, it's, you know, there's tons of fruit and candy flavored drinks. It's just a, it's a mm-hmm. common it's a common flavor in, in, in drink form. Apple pie, or no, I'm sorry, raspberry pie. So I got it and I expected it to just be like, oh, you know, that's just like a cute name because they always have cute names for their drink, for their tubs. So that's, it's just, just going to be raspberry. I take, a, I take a sip of this and this is at like six o'clock in the morning. No, it's actually at five o'clock in the morning because I, the first time I drank it, I'm like getting up to go work an overtime shift at my work. And I get the raspberry right away, right? And and I, I'm like, okay, cool. It tastes great. And then a buttery flavor comes in after it. And then kind of like a warm, sugary flavor comes in after it. And it's an entire freaking raspberry pie. Like I get, like I'm sitting there and I'm doing that thing where like when you, when you like, when you sip a good wine, you're like... Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you like kind of smack your lips after it just to kind of like bring out the flavors. I'm doing that because I'm freaking out because it's it's like my brain can't comprehend it. Him can't comprehend it. I just drank a raspberry pie and it tasted like a raspberry pie. And it's so much to the so to the point where I was like pouring cups out for people at work being like, taste this, taste this, taste this. Because they were like, I was like, you will not believe what you what you have and it's so crazy to think that like it wasn't just raspberry it wasn't just a fruity flavored drink it was an actual raspberry pie in liquid form and i got like all the all the parts of it like the crust and like i said the butter on the crust and like the the actual raspberry filling and like a little bit of cinnamon thrown in there like oh dude it was insane I, I've been like obsessed with talk wanting to talk about it, but saving it until I came back on on um on Pow Block. <laughs> love that. Uh, That's quite the story. No, dude, yeah, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. 
when you said the buttery taste, I'm like, oh, that's that must be the crust. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was. Like, mm. It was. It's crazy, man. It's really. It's really like it's hard to explain, and I, I've, I've. I don't think you actually get the full experience unless you try it for yourself. Uh, uh, mm, that sounds good. But what about well, you, for, Ed? What's your snack then, though? Uh, well, for me, you know, uh, did a Big Mac meal at McDonald's. I haven't had a Big Mac. I haven't had McDonald's in about weeks. So I was just like, oh, give me a Big Mac. And it I was just had so it good. in years. <laughs> So, uh, but I ordered Domino's and won a free cheese pen made pizza. Like, it, they just gave it to me for free with my meal. And I was just like, oh, this is good. I'm like, yeah, I, you know, didn't realize that I ate, like, almost half of the pizza within, like, five minutes because I was hungry. I was just like, wow. But I went to our uh, grocery store that's, like, kind of, like, 10 minutes from me. And Crush, the uh, pop, they have a two-liter sparkling fruit punch. And I was just like, oh, I need to try this. You know, talk about the old uh, pop block. Uh, you know, so I grabbed it, came home, uh, poured it, in a, uh, got me a cup, drunk some. It tastes like fruit punch knee high. And I, just like you uh, Jacob, how you just amazed. I had to put the cup down for a minute, sit back, and think over my life or how good it was. Because I love Fruit Punch Knee High. Um, and for people who don't know, Knee High was like this big kind of drink back in the 80s. Um, it's still around, but it's kind of like you find more of it in the South, like in Mississippi, uh, Nashville, like places like that. Man, I don't know how Crush did it, but I was drinking it. <laughs> like, I had to go back to the store and get another two liter. It's so good. And I think it's only for the holidays, but it's like, it's sweet, but it has that um, sometimes, you know, like sparkling water, depending on who, who you get it, it has like that acid pop flavor. Some people say you might not be able to tell the difference, but I was able to tell the difference where... The crush is kind of flat, but the sparkling made the uh, flavor of the fruit punch really come out. So it was just like, oh, this is so good. And it's just, it's nice and sweet. Uh, it's not too syrupy. Uh, it, it doesn't have a syrupy taste, but it was just like, mm, I had to sit back and think about it. I'm just like, this is so good. So uh, Top tier. It's top tier. The Crush Sparkling Fruit Punch. You know, you guys should go get it. Um, I haven't had any Christmas cookies or anything. And, like, I don't know. What happened to the Christmas cookies? Like, I you, thought there would be some baker Christmas cookies this year. And I haven't found none. I didn't get none. All, all Christmas spirit has been broken this year. <laughs> <laughs> so... But everybody, that has been our final snack tindle of the year. We're gonna get to Game Fact Events. And Jacob, you have the last Game Fact Events this year. So let us know. What is it? Yeah, I do. So it's this one's gonna be a really quick one. It's kind of just an interesting little tidbit about like um circuit boards and sometimes what engineers do with circuit boards and way they have like little bits of fun. Um, and this happens in a lot, but something that Nintendo does and something that I thought was kind of a cool way to, to like ring in 
the end of the new year and say thank you to all of the people listening to Pal Block and also just playing Nintendo games is that telling you about a little secret that's built into the uh, basic Pro Controller. It might be in the regular, like the designed Pro Controllers as well, but it's easiest to see in the basic, just standard black Pro Controller because it's see-through. It has that like old school, um, like when the Game Boys, what was it called? Uh, that color, do you remember what that like color style was called where it was like see-through? Oh, like the clear ones? Yeah, like the... yeah. So if you if you hold down yeah the, the yeah. atomic ones yes the atomic oh atomic ones have, wrist yeah. tray in the uh, chat said atomic colors yes yeah um so if you hold down the the right joystick and you take your like phone flashlight or just a regular flashlight and kind of hold it at an angle what you'll see just above the right joystick is a little a little text that says thanks to all game fans. And no it's, it's built directly into the motherboard. It's probably built out of the copper inside the board itself that they just took away the solder mask at that location to be able to spell that out. And there's a lot of there's a lot of companies that do this. A lot of music companies with uh, circuit boards will have like little guitars built into their boards that like most people will never ever see. But it's such a cool little thing. And yeah, if you have if you have just the basic black pro controller, you can go look for it yourself. And again, because I'm doubting that they have changed up the board at all, it's probably in all the other ones as well, but because they're more filled in, it's going to be harder mm -hmm. to see. Oh, that's nice. cool. Yep, yep. So that's our that's our Game Fact Advance. All right. Uh, there's a lot of Game Fact Advance, everybody. So if you miss one, you know, you can find us on YouTube.com. Check out a lot of our shows. Uh, we have a lot of Game Fact events out there. Facts that you guys could uh, check out when you watch that show. But now it's time for it, and I'm so ready for this week's Femi News! Yes! Dan, take it away. All right. Um... Okay, so we'll start off with uh, this week's upcoming releases. Uh, starting off, we got Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon is coming out today. Uh, probably should be on the Switch now. I can't really tell what this game is. Uh, are you guys familiar with the Pocket Dungeon for Shovel Knight? Yes. I am not like familiar a with it. Mobile-ish game? What, what is it, Ed? So it's kind of like a little bit like Yoshi's Cookies where you're matching uh, three, uh, but you're also like moving Shovel Knight across this board trying to defeat enemies and stuff. So you're kind of just, it's, it has a little role-playing game mechanics to it, but it's like a puzzle game for you to get through this dungeon um, that you're in. And the further you get, the more levels you go up and everything. Um, cool. I know uh, Nintendo Life does have a review on it. Um, so if anybody wants to check it out, you can read their review about it. Uh, well, real quick, can I say, I'm so ready for Yacht Club, Yacht Club Games to do something that isn't Shovel Knight. Like, don't get me wrong, <laughs> I love Shovel Knight so very I'm much. With you. But, like, I'm just, I'm just ready to be, for them to move on and have a new IP and give me a new game experience. Yeah. Um... Yeah, Coconut, cool, so, Coconut in the chat said uh, they're so talented, so same. So yeah, it's like it's yeah. I just they need to they need to do other stuff. They need to give us more cool games. Right, right. Um, but, but I mean, if they're, they're cashing in on Shovel Knight, they're gonna uh, keep yeah, fair. It. Like, I'm not, I'm <laughs> not mean, like, I'm not mad at them, but like, I'm ready for the next big. Yeah, game. I think <laughs> we're all ready. 
I mean, they they did publish uh, Cyber Shadow. So yeah, but they, is, they published that though, which is the same. Like I get they they had some influence yeah. on it for sure, and that's a great game as well. But uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah I'm just but for them, too. they need to do IP or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that comes out today. That's 20 bucks. Uh, Wednesday, we have Hashimi of Old Book Town Append. Uh, this is a love mystery visual novel, and this one actually has a demo that's uh, out for it. So if you're into visual novels, um, this one is $55, and it's on sale. Uh, I don't know much about this one, but seems like it's kind of popular. Uh, Thursday, uh, one I'm looking really... um it's just the solo adventure it's like a 3d puzzle platformer um it's an indie game and i forget the name of the developer but uh it looks super cool and i'm de- it's uh studio inky fox so i'm gonna get that uh that one's on sale for 1359 um another one for me is crazy zen code word that comes out on friday uh, I'm a huge crossword puzzle fan, so this one's right up my alley. Nice. And then this one looks kind of silly, and also a very, very rare Saturday release. Uh, Him and Her 3. It's this like uh, hand-drawn cartoon puzzle platformer of uh, two characters that just go through puzzles. Um, and that one's for $10. So that's where we start with the uh, the games coming up this week. Are you guys interested in any of those? I'll probably check out the ones that you're checking out, Dan, and the him or her. Um, as for the visual novel one, $55. Ooh. Like, yeah, doesn't it, that seem like a steep price for a visual novel? Yeah, very. I mean, I can understand if, you know, that's due to the fact that they had to localize it, but I'm like, this better be a collection game. Like, there better be like 10 games in one or something, <laughs> you know. There's a demo for it, so I might try the demo just to see why it's almost, you know, at full price at $62. Oh, shit, no, forget that. I might as well just buy buy a game that I missed this year <laughs> with that money. <laughs> um, Jacob, anything for you? Uh, yeah, I, real quick, I did want to say just to apologize to anyone listening to the post show. OBS is doing this really cool thing where it's moving y'all's audio back and forth between two different channels. And I have to keep muting and unmuting because it will like, it'll bring both of y'all in at once at, at the same mm. time with like double voices. So sorry if there's some, some weird technical stuff going on in the background, guys, I apologize for that. It's just being weird, but uh, I do, I don't, I'm not really interested in any of them, but I, I do kind of wonder if the, uh, if that couples game is like hot on the heels of it takes two. Like if it if it came out because that that developer was inspired uh, by it takes two, doesn't look at all like it takes two. Um, just the just the concept of it though, just like the the yeah. couples having to solve problems to to. Oh, could be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it looks like Limbo with uh, really poorly drawn characters, and <laughs> I I think I really want to play it. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's get into some of the uh, actual news. Um, first one that's up is a uh, it's not actually a news story. It's something that we kind of that kind of happened on Twitter and it's an interesting story to talk about. So Gary Wiltshire, who is a YouTuber, um, he likes to 
he has a YouTube channel that he plays Pokemon Go, Team Mystic player. I don't know what that means. Um, he writes on his Twitter, Hello, Niantic. How come my Lure module box costs 700 coins and my other halves is 450 coins? Please explain. Niantic's... Re- Support responds with thank you for writing in with your concern, Gary. As we test out our new features and ways to improve gameplay, some players may have slightly varied experiences. You can find out more information on our website. We appreciate your patience. And uh, if you go to the website, it basically just says they can put the prices at whatever they want. So, uh, you know, this is unfortunately a common practice in mobile gaming and you know you see it with airlines and some even think that amazon uses cohort pricing but uh is this moral is it legal jacob kick it off uh i i haven't looked (laughs) should it be legal i should say yeah i haven't looked into whether or not it is actually legal or not it It, should not it is legal it should not (laughs) be legal um i am i am all for a company trying out different pricing options right if they want to if they're take if they have a product and they want to go you know what maybe we could sell this for 900 coins instead of 700 and then so next week everyone across the board now has to pay 900 for it great some people will buy it some people won't they can use that data to figure out what they can charge for it right that's fine a business at the end of the day has to make money it's a business it's not our friend i've said this with nintendo a lot like they are not our friends they are a company they are here to make money um don't do it individually at the same time like that's so like oh i really 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 hope that the the community of pokemon go players use this knowledge to their advantage and anyone that didn't have it at the lowest price didn't buy it because it's that like oh i hate it so much it's so infuriating i it's it's such a it's such a gross practice to do it that way it's such a gross practice to say because like the other part of it is we have no idea what they're using to determine that we have no idea. So, so we actually, okay, we you and I pers- personally don't. Okay. But so basically what it is, is like, um, air- airlines use dynamic pricing, right? So dynamic pricing is basically just basing the prices off different times. When you look at it, uh, like for example, like if Ariel and I are going to go on vacation and we're just testing prices we actually will look at like the prices on her ipad and just like shop around that way because then if we talk about it and go back the prices are going to go up due to the dynamic pricing because they see how much you want to pay for these flights so now i real quick i want to i want to interrupt here because i actually do know about this and you can delete your cookies in your web browser to get rid of that It, it, it resets it back it's based right. off of many things, but like, that's the thing is that we know what that's based off of. We don't know what this is based off of. So mobile gaming in general has taken the platform of dynamic pricing and they turned it into cohort pricing, right? So instead of basing it off of individual people, they take, they use it against cohorts, right? And they take a lot of people who have the same, I, I mean, there's so much of our data out there. So they take 
a bunch of people that have similar data, similar spending practices. For example, Niantic sees that you are a Nintendo player. You have 20 games downloaded on your on your Switch. So it sees that you spend the money and then on your Pokemon Go that is linked to your Nintendo account, they see how much you have. This is just you know, baseline. And for example, like my fiance doesn't use it. So if she is not linked to anything, she'll go on there and there's no actual spending power. So they base the prices on the cohort. Like it's just based on strictly data. And that's why it happens. And it works for these companies, right? Because a lot of people in their cohorts, unlike Gary, (laughs) like they'll, they have pretty much like-minded players that are playing with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, that's the reason behind it. But it just... Absolutely not. It, like, no, like, I, I still totally disagree with it. Because it... it number one, and, and this is what, like, I, I maybe I just don't have the business mind for it, right? Because, again, I yes, I spend a lot of money with Nintendo. A lot of money with Nintendo. But the moment I found this out... I haven't even opened the app because I just hate the idea of it. That's not true. And I was explaining this in the pre-show. I opened it to find out what my pricing was. I've spent maybe $15 with Pokemon Go in my lifetime. Not with Nintendo, which I understand that. If they're linked to my Nintendo account, they can see that. But the fact that my price was the high one means I immediately was like, nope, not going to buy it. I know it's available for cheaper. I'll wait. Like, But that price may never go down, right? Then I'm like, never going to buy it. Like then they just <laughs> lost money. If it was 450, then great. Yeah, sure. Like if if they if they had said if they had said, "Hey, this thing was 700, now it's 450 for everyone." Then I would have been like, "Yeah, okay, cool. I'll I'll jump on it. 450, that's a pretty good discount. That's what a sale is." This is right. such a weird practice, and I hate that it's probably effective. It it's it's very effective, and that's the thing because like I said, there is so much data out there that like our computers know us better than we know ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of scary in that sense. So it works that way. And the reason it's legal too, is because as, as a seller, you can set your prices at whatever prices you want. They don't have to be the same as long as you're not discriminating against a race, religion, sex, gender, anything like that. And in this case, it's, not violating any of those and that's how the cohort pricing like is able to like survive so i have a question before we continue to go on because jacob you could probably answer this when they say 700 coins is that in when it comes to real world money is that seven dollars uh no it's not like a one for one thing which is another really scummy thing. Nintendo used to do this too with their with their Wii music, their Wii point things. Oh, I hate it. Oh, yeah, where it was like <laughs> the game would be like. A game oh no, be, no 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 yeah. no no no. Wii was understandable. It was Xbox three sixty that was the mess. They were all, they, they were it, all messes when they had like when they used a point system rather just a dollar system. No, yeah, yes. it's and that's that is a thing that mobile games have because it's it it makes you spend money. If, if a thing is, if a thing is 700 points, but you can buy either the $2, uh, four point pack, which is 400 or the $10 point back, which is 800. You're going to have to buy the $10 one. Like it's, it's now 
Now, can you earn coins without paying for them in these games? You can, yes. And that's the thing. There's there's always like a... It, it's just going to take you a very long time. And it's actually reliant on other players as well. In okay. Pokemon Go specifically. So, um, with, so with free-to-play games, this is nothing new. They will make you work... And even... There's been some games... Because Ubisoft used to do this too. Like, they will make you... If you or or EA, the Battlefield one with the Star Wars Battlefront, uh, Battlefront Two, when they were just like, if you want this character, you could pay this amount, but if you want to work for it, this is what you got to grind for, and you have to do almost months of grinding and the replaying to get to that one free character, and people yelled about it that EA had to change it, you know, and it's kind of doing a little bit with Halo Infinite with some people with the Battle Pass that you got to work a lot to get this certain kind of currency or whatever to get what you want. So with free-to-play games, since they're not making no money off of initial purchase, they're going to put this product out where if you want it, it's there for you to buy it, but it's not guaranteed if you need it or anything. You know, if you just want it, you got to pay this price, and we go, and you could go, you could go buy it, and that's it. And you'll have some money left over in your account. And you know, when you agree to a lot of these contracts, and all of, when you say I agree, and this is my data, and all of this to get the enjoyment of that game, you know what they're going to do. If anything is free to play. You know they're gonna charge you an arm, leg, and a heart for it. So don't even act like any of this is brand new. We've been they've been doing this for years for a lot of mobile games and even with some games that's on consoles. So yes, it is upsetting, but it's there as an option. If you need it, you're gonna to have to pay for it. Other than that, you're gonna to have to work for it. And by the time you actually get to what you by the time you probably get to that amount that you need, it's going to be worthless. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, kind of just based off what you're saying, Ed, I just, I I don't fully see an issue with the cohort pricing in mobile gaming and mm-hmm. free-to-play, right? Because that's not money that you have to spend. That's optional money to spend. Yes. You don't have to spend that money to play the game. Well, yeah, you and don't have like, to spend the money to do anything. Exactly. So yes. it's 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 a it's a medial option. Like you know, Mario Kart Tour, it does the same thing. You can buy rubies for X amount of price, and there's probably different pricing if like Ariel downloaded it versus me. But like, I'm not spending that money on it. So I just I don't. I, I don't know. I, 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 it's, I, I don't, eh. yeah, it's go a, ahead. It's a different conversation for the three of us because we have like the, not the wherewithal or like, like mm-hmm. the brain. That's a weird way of saying it, but like we have, we are steadfast enough and we've done that. We've done gaming long enough to be able to be like, nope, we're not going to participate in this. We'll just move right. on to the next game. But, um, and, and then, uh, but, the, the the one thing that I did want to bring, kind of point out, which is weird to me, is that it, it I don't think it should be legal if they're trying to say that they're not going to to discriminate because there's a difference between equality and and like having the ability 
equality and ability. Because like, yes, me and my next door neighbor, both we both live in the same area. If we both do the same amount of things, um, great. But like, I, I, I might be in a situation where I live in this same area. I'm part of this cohort, but I can, I can spend $200 on a mobile game. And because he's a part of it too, he, and he can't, then, then he's just, he's just out of luck and maybe he's super into it. And like, that's, that's why, that's why I think it's a problem is because they, just because, just because somebody might be in a group of co in a cohort group that they have the, they have the, it, uh, equality to do so doesn't mean they have the ability to do so. Um, I did want to shout out Restray real quick from the chat. Mentioned that you can use Google Rewards app to take surveys and get money to use in the Play Store. So if you do, if you are into it, there are apparently ways to like. If you do a little bit of research, I'm sure there's ways to get around it and like not spend a dime. Um, right. But so so just to counter what you're saying though, like the cohorts aren't like area based or anything like that. It's strictly strictly data based on like what you spend, how much you've spent, and like basically what you've spent it on. So like your cohort could be like six different people that are across the world. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be put in with, you know, this particular pricing. So it wouldn't be like, it wouldn't be discrimination based off of assumption. It's just based off of data and they can hide behind that shield that says we See, use this data to put them in the same cohort. Which, which is why I don't like it. And why I think it's scummy is because there's this idea that they have they would have to hide behind anything. If right. they can't come out and tell me point blank, this is how we get this information, this is what it's based off of, and this is how we decide prices, then there's something scummy going on. There's some loophole happening. And that's that, why it's important. That's why it's important to read those contracts before yes. you agree. No, absolutely. I you're right. This wasn't a new thing at all. Like you, you right. are right about that. So I, I will I will say it kind of sounds like for a lot of people they wish that the pricing was reasonable so if it was 500 coins I, 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 let's just go with that I think people will find it reasonable and Niantic will make more money with that because now with this high pricing to the players it sounds greedy to them this sounds reasonable yeah. and like you said and like what you said Dan it's based off of data yep just based off of data. But I mean, at the end of the day, I don't, yeah, I think, I think whenever you're trying to make money based on fluctuating prices, it is never going to be morally correct, but it's definitely very legal and no, uh, yeah. definitely and, stupid. And I, <laughs> so. like, that, I can't, I can't argue with the fact of whether or not it's legal. I can argue with whether or not it should be, but, right. but, if it is, then they're allowed to do it. And the only way, the only way that we can fight back is to, like we've said with many times, vote with your wallet, not with your voice. That's the only way to get through to companies. Also, yep. go play Pokemon Brilliant Diamond or Pearl or Sword of Shield. Call it a day. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think we all got that off our chest. Um, next one is a little bit more of a somber story. Uh, Masayuki Uramura, creator of the NES and SNES, has passed away. Um, he left behind just, you know, such a great legacy. I think we all started in that uh, that era of gaming. Um, I personally never really knew his name. 
Uh, he also was a producer on several titles. One of my favorites is Ice Climber, uh, Clue Clue Land, um, and the trilogy of sports titles, Soccer, bas- Baseball, and Golf, which I actually loved those games too. Um, but it, you know, people are coming out left and right that worked with him, saying what a wonderful guy he was and the legacy he left uh, behind him. Um, so rest in peace. Uh, you know, Ed, what do you have to say? Um, I think since he, you know, he's the reason that a lot of people are video gamers because he created the systems that they are going to play on and all of these fantastic and phenomenal and classic iconic games have been running on definitely with the Super Nintendo, you know, you still, you kind of still see like people mimic Nintendo, the NES in different art and different design and stuff. Um, and even on t-shirts and everything. And it kind of just shows you how a system that is built, it just plays in a culture in popular culture. And, you know, he is the reason that we have these systems in popular culture. And the reason why we'll still search out a NES and we'll still, you know, sometimes play our original game on them. Um, with some retro collectors, you know, they go and buy these systems definitely with the Super Nintendo. So to see that he passed away, I was kind of just like taken aback because this it became new information for me with me. I didn't even know that he designed it. You know, they never talk you never know a creator and a designer of a console unless they speak about it. And back in the day it was all about Miyamoto. It wasn't about any of the other designers. Um so to you know see him pass away uh I'm I'm thankful that he did, you know, create these systems and left these memories for us as gamers and even not gamers, just people in the culture uh, around the world to uh, create these memories and stuff. So um, it's really sad to see him go, but like, you know, rest. Yeah, definitely rest in peace and just thank you for designing these systems, these two systems for us to play around the world and enjoy. Jacob? Yeah, um, I so I kind of went about this in a I, maybe a similar way to you, Dan, in that I didn't know who this was at first. When I saw the article, I, I didn't realize the importance of it. And that got me thinking more about, like, all of the unsung heroes behind all of, like, the innovations of any, any genre, of any, of any category that just, like, don't don't get the recognition they deserve and i do i do think that it's cool that in 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 one way in some way it, like he will live on because the snes and all of all that that it accomplished will live on and and that's that's kind of cool to me but it, it did get me thinking a lot about like just like the people the non masahiro sakurais and and reggie's and um Miyamoto's and and you know uh yeah it, it just all of the people that put the effort into it that really uh that really don't get enough credit that they the credit that they deserve so mm-hmm. um cool well uh we'll move on to the next one uh his legacy lives on and I will certainly keep playing NES and SNES games for a long time so um Next up, we just got the uh, Nintendo Switch as the best-selling video game console in November with 
more than 1 million units sold and they have been the top selling console in the u.s for 35 out of 36 consecutive months uh excluding september, september. because yeah. the as jacob has pointed out the uh oled was coming out in october so yep. it took a little bit of a dip <laughs> yep. um so i mean they sold another over a million units i mean this at this pace they're gonna smash the record of um the nintendo wii that was like their main selling console uh i i keep thinking it's gonna slow down i don't see how they keep this torrid pace going um guys what's it gonna take for nintendo to slow down like what's is it gonna keep going this way and where does it where does it end jacob kick it off I, I don't think that it, I don't think that it does slow down. Maybe a little bit with when like when these electronic shortages stop. But just to bring a little bit of like light into that situation, it's not going to stop in next year. It might not even stop until like 2024, 2025. Um, there are parts that are being pushed out to those dates that are impossible to get. Oh. Yeah. So it's it's not going to stop anytime soon for for difficulty to get systems, but I do I I think that I think that we have started focusing on this number as like a hardcore gamer aspect and haven't given the Switch its like recognition that it deserves as like a Wii level of of casual player. I think a lot more casual players are are picking up the Switch and I think um multi-children homes are picking up like several Switch lights. You know, and I think if they if they continue to like just monitor that and drop prices or bundle when needed, I think they'll keep this up. I was very adamant when the Switch lost its ground in September that the only reason it did was because people were waiting for the OLED. So no one, no one, because no one would, no one's gonna buy a, a system if they know the new system is coming out in one month. Right, right. What do you think, Ed? It's gonna be on OLED. The way that Nintendo's going to continue to push the OLED, definitely with games like uh, Bayonetta 3 and Zelda, you know, Breath of the Wild, you know, probably for some people who even got launch uh, switches, they're going to go and upgrade to the OLED. So it's going to be a long time before it's slowed down. The only way that that happens, if, if Xbox and PlayStation become more available if PC parts become more available. Like you mentioned, uh, with the shortages, uh, Jacob, that's the only way that that is going to, like, slow it down and everything. You know, I, right now, it's not the games. The games are just, they've been, the games have been hot. They've been consistent. They've been good to go. I think more people have been buying more games on Switch than any other console. And so, uh, or it's been picking more interest that people are like I'm going to pick up a switch. You know, we're still seeing people online in different social media areas taking pictures that they got an OLED, that they even got the original switch, that they got the purple uh, light, um, that they got the Pokemon. You know, maybe they find another store that just got some random switch that no one paid attention about and they snagged it up. You know, it, it, I like I wrote in my uh, I wrote a blog like I said for um, Boss Rush where it's just like Nintendo will place something right in front of you, and if they grab your attention and you don't have no regrets and you end up buying it, you're contributing to the sales. So um, I I think literally it's not going to stop. 
it's going to be a long time. Definitely with a banger year of games that's coming out next year. Yeah, it's going to they're going to continue to sell. Yeah, I actually didn't think the OLED was going to be enough, but boy, was I wrong. Um, you know, and then if they just do another switch iteration to the Switch Pro, or even if they do like some sort of even downgraded switch that like only kids are <laughs> going to have, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like there's so many ways they can do it. And it just seems like at this point they can pump out switches and make them like the iPhone and just have little tweaks here and there and have it uh, become big. Um, Maybe if they release more games on their Nintendo switch online service, Dan. which they are. So, uh, Banjo-Kazooie is coming to Switch in January 2022. Everybody's favorite Smash character. <laughs> Most wanted Smash character. He's uh, He actually has a game, and that came, came out in 1997, and it is coming to Switch next month. We don't have an exact date. Uh, it seems like the... There's probably going to be a game a month, which I'm happy with because I just finished Ocarina of Time and I am very happy playing Paper Mario right now. And it's going to take me a little bit. Um, are you guys looking forward to Banjo? Absolutely. <laughs> I am. I never got to fully oh. beat all of Banjo. I played oh, a little right. bit. You played it, it though. But, yeah, I played it, but I didn't get to uh, beat it. Um, because I didn't buy, I'm, I'm going to be upfront with everybody. I didn't buy the game, but I have family members who had it. So I played it at their house. So, uh, this one, I can't wait for it to hit switch and play it. Which good that you mentioned Paper Mario. Cause I need to start Paper Mario on a uh, switch. I never got to, like I said, never got to play the N64 version. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it. I, I played it a little bit just like you had, but I never finished it because I had only played it at a friend's house. So, um, my mom never bought it for me when I was a kid. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to that. Um, I hope we get a date soon. And last, uh, news bit. I know it's been a <laughs> hot news segment, but uh, the Game Awards happened last Thursday and Metroid Dread won the best action adventure game. But that seems to be about really the only big uh, award that they won, uh, even though they had a few nominations. And Nintendo didn't really have any announcements or any presence at the show. Um, Ed... Did any Nintendo games get snubbed and are we going to see a Nintendo direct soon because of the uh, lack of world premieres? Of of course, Nintendo games got snubbed, you know, uh, the world is with you, Master Hunter, uh, Rise, uh, Skyward Sword, uh, you know, garage Skyward, Skyward Sword, Sword gets snubbed. Oh, yeah, how did Skyward Sword <laughs> get snubbed? Was I'm, it even nominated saying. for anything? No. <laughs> I, I wish it did get nominated. There were just like a lot of Best games that reason. came out. A lot of a lot of games that came out this year throughout the whole year have been on Nintendo, and it feels like with the Game Awards, it really felt like anything that. The spring, I felt like the spring and summer got missed, and there was only maybe one or two games, uh, and then everything else was pretty default. Um, that everybody put. Now, this is the thing that everybody got to know. These nominations go out to game journalists around the world. Once they get to the five highest ones, five or six highest ones, they'll bring it back, and then that's when we get a chance to vote on it. Um. 
So that's kind of how the system works with that. And I think this year was kind of for a lot of people a very big disappointment because it was, in a sense, it felt joyless. It didn't feel fun. I understand they went back to being live, but with not with Nintendo not having no trailers there or participating in stuff, it really felt like very not mundane, but it felt uninteresting and people just didn't like it. Not even for the awards. Like even the awards itself got treated kind of in a disrespectful manner. Where it's just like, well, here go the uh best racing game. Four to five. Now we have performance by uh, Imagine Dragons, and it was just like you didn't even give time for the game to get its win or anything. Yeah. So it kind of felt it, it, I know everybody was just like, well, this is more of a one to add thing. But like, even some of the trailers, like, the only trailer that I really got hyped about and was really my, like, dropped my draw was the Hellblade 2 trailer. Looks beautiful. But then with nothing else coming from this show. Was, was that the one that he was saying, like, he had teased a game that was in production for like two and a half years or something. I was that it, it? I think it was because it was the only because when they showed it off, it was 2019 that they showed it uh, because that's when they announced the Series X. And then, like for for all that time, it was never going to. It never showed up in any else's presentation. Microsoft never allowed Ninja Theory to show it, and I guess the Game Awards was the only one that they were able to do it uh, to show it. But yeah, with Nintendo not being there, and I understand when Doug Bowser gave his Metroid Dread kind of thing, it was a very PR-ish, but that's Nintendo. Mm -hmm. It really it really felt like It Takes Two shouldn't be in a family game because that's about two parents who's dinner but who goes through a divorce. You know, yeah. what what oh. what family what family game is that? If, and, if you can't hand the game off to your kids, say play this and then leave the room, that's not a family game. Right, and you're forced to play with another person in order to get through it. You cannot play that game single player or anything. It forces you to play it uh, with, with another person. It winning game of the year really got me because I really think that all the other games that were on that list was well-deserved. Even if Metroid Dread didn't win Game of the Year, Ratchet the Clank should have won. Deathloop should have won because it was probably one of the most surprising games of 2021. You know, over all the delays and people hating it and everything. Psychonauts 2, yeah, it should have won. It, it should have got some kind of war or it should have won something because um, it is a great game. And Resident, even Resident Evil Village, but it takes two. I kind of felt like. They only gave it to him because he flew from wherever he came from and he was there in uh, attendance. It's one of those kind of logic things. The people who are in attendance there will win a win the award. Anyone who is not in attendance there to win their game. Uh, I don't I don't agree with that because I, I think especially for that for the game of the year awards, I think all mm -hmm. of them had somebody in attendance for it. I I I I have not played It Takes Two, so I can't. I, I haven't played any of them except for Metroid Dread, so I can't really speak on to the quality of any of them. I'm not gonna argue that it should or shouldn't have won Game of the Year. It should not have won Family Game at all. It shouldn't have even been on the list as Family Game. Um, I I do think that the reason that this the reason the show felt so lifeless is because 
and I, I said this while I was watching it live several times that like, it was the same, like four games for every category plus like a wild card. It was, it was death loop, psychonauts. It takes to, um, ratchet and clank. And then there would be resident, like, evil, resident evil village. Like those, the last two would like switch up every from time to time. Right. Unless it was just a wild category, like racing where none of them would fit for it. And then the other thing is that like all the trailers were very samey. They, they were a few that were interesting and different. Like the one with the, the, like the like Fortnite, but it's brawling was weird. And then like the, yeah. the new, the new terror game with like the slither slit, I think slitter heads. Like that thing was interesting, but like all the other ones were like, "Hey, here's this new survival horror game. Here's this new open world action shooter game," and there were like thirty of them. Um, it it just it very much was uh, it it was it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting showcase of the state of gaming right now and I I think we're getting back into that if y'all remember back in the Xbox 360 and PS3 days mm-hmm. every game was just like brown color palette and I think we're getting back to that I think we're they're falling like all of these games were like dark gritty like just you know and it, it... a lot a lot of people feel like all of these trailers could have been shown at e3 mm-hmm. like there was there was nothing about it. like it kind of felt like to a lot of people there wasn't no any support like showing different new ips like if you're going to be at the game awards yeah you can have some follow-ups you can have some surprises but people want new ips they want something that's going to feel fresh because if they if they look at it, not many people are going to remember about your trailer at all. We were talking to, when they showed off Ultimate Alliance three, when they showed off Joker, when they even showed off Wild Hearts uh, Cybernara, people were talking about that game for days after the show was done. Having no one talked about anything about the Game Awards besides being upset about how it was treated. I. I so I <laughs> I can't remember. I think it's for spoken. It's that game with uh with like the girl main character and she gets like yes. pulled back into a fantasy land. That game is something that I'm excited about. I got excited for the That GTA. game looks super cool. It does. It looks so so good. I'm I'm glad that I have a PC to play it. I was excited about GTFO the like concept seemed really neat, so I a friend actually picked that one up for me so we could play together. But like that is very much a thing, Ed, is that, like, I'm not, I don't care about all of the rest of the games pretty much. Um, I, I'm, I've almost reached this point with the Game Awards where, like, I go into it not expecting anything at all of as far as game announcements go. And then, like, I don't get anything and I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever, to the point where I'm like, I wish it was just an award show, man. Like, I wish it was, like... Uh, instead of this whole three hour long bunch of different stuff happening, I wish they just took an hour of our day and said, here's all the game. Here's all the awards that game. Look at the, look at all these great games from last year. Have you played them all? No, here's some you should buy. Like I wish they would get rid of the announcements so that people would stop getting hype over nothing and then being disappointed over nothing. Like I think, yeah, I think, Cutting the show down by an hour should be good enough. Because I'm just like, 
out yes the esports and all of that stuff you can have all of that ready for the pre-show and everything but i would i kind of would just like it where we get maybe 10 or 12 categories if we're going to get a musical performance of course we want to hear it from stuff that's from a game with some gameplay you know for the people who like made the music like i would love to see if that would be able definitely if you get some indie developers there let them come in and play a track from their indie game and while talking about it just be you could advertise while they're playing music if you want to be like you just heard a uh, track from gris 2 um game coming out on everything in 2020 and in, in march um we just gave you guys a little preview on how the game will look and hear some of the music like do something like that and then move on if you want to move on you know i don't need anything mountain dew or dorito man or some cup some tea looking robot coming on to hand a announcement card like i don't need all of that just give me some of give me the awards change up of all the games that came out don't just make it a lot of fall games or something that just dropped like two or three weeks before the uh the voting the voting is cut off and stuff because like i kind of feel like that's unfair you know in a sense and that's a that's a big problem with any award thing is that like people have a tendency to not remember the experiences after enough time Mm -hmm. has passed so they forget how good a game was and they they don't unless you have somebody championing a get champion championing a game, um, <laughs> you don't you don't get somebody to come in and like make an argument for it that to be the case. I do think it's very funny something that happened the death loop when I I don't remember what category it was but when they won an award and they came on and they they used I know they were making a joke because their game is called Death Loop. And it's a, I assume it has some sort of looping gameplay, but they made mm-hmm. a joke about how they only have like 90 seconds to do their speech. And then right after that, they did like a five minute thing where like two celebrities came out on stage and told me nothing that I cared about at all. Like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Give the people who win the games, give the developers, give the, whoever comes up to accept the award, give them time for a speech, let them say their piece. And then, and then like, have the celebrity come out and just be like, Hey, I'm like, I, here's this new game that y'all are excited about me too. Woo. And then have the trailer roll. Like, don't, it's so dumb that we give the, we give, they like, they section time off in such a weird way. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then wrist tray in the chat said, if they did switch to focusing on more awards and ads and trailers, they should make triple A and indie categories because otherwise the in, indies have little chance against the big guys so i'm i'm assuming they mean like you know best indie action game or best indie puzzle game that kind of thing and then they also said uh maybe limit how many categories a game can be in from the get-go so we don't get that kind of repeating process like you said jacob no yeah i absolutely agree with that and if it became more of an awards-based show they could do that they'd have the time because they wouldn't be wasting their time with trailers announcing stuff in a thing where they're not supposed to i mean in theory, an award, reward, an award show is not supposed to make announcements. It's supposed to award the stuff that's already happened. So yeah, we all know that money rules everything. Oh, yeah. of course, they yeah. pay. They pay for advertisements and everything, and, and then the money changes the show. I personally never really watched the game awards. I never really got excited during any of the announcements that's been on them, and I've never really cared to 
see who wins. <laughs> so I, 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 think, I skip out on it every year. I think the nominations itself was a lead into of this show being problematic. Because there was a lot of stuff that was very divisive. And people just like, I know various people just like, why haven't this game been on there? Or why haven't this game, like, why was Cyberpunk 2077 on there? Did it get on there because it sold a lot? Because that game was problematic from its release. And the full game still isn't, I mean, the game is out there. But the the quality of it is not going to really be there until next year. But it was on for role-playing game of the year. And it's just like... Huh? Really? I'm like... pretty upset about that because there's a couple of games that like I really loved this year in the RPG category that didn't even get nominated and seeing a broken game mm-hmm. get in ahead of like, you know, Bravely Default 2 or Monster Hunter Stories 2. I was like, come on, man. All right. <laughs> I, I, wish... I Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I think with It Takes Two. Um, and this is going to be my final piece with it because a lot of people might, you know, I have something, uh, I have some, not ill will, but I have some problems with the person who made that game. I'm going to leave it at that. But I feel like It Takes Two doesn't represent all the great titles that came out this year that people played and talked about because the first thing a lot of people were saying was, I've never played this game. I've never played this game. They mentioned all, all the other games they know about and they have played or tried out. It takes two. They never play. So how does it win this kind of war? And it may, it may be because of the votes that people made for the game. But was that enough for a lot of people? Because when people saw it, I don't feel like a lot of people who, a lot of us who voted for that game put the Put the F, not not effort. Put it as their game of the year, because the response was, "I've never played it." Metroid Dread, people play. Why? How do we know that? Because it sold three million. We seen speed runs of this game. People are still playing that game, trying to get it down to like fifty nine or thirty five minutes. Like people are still playing Metroid Dread. Yeah. It takes two. For what I know, people played it maybe for three weeks and it fell away. Yeah, I think I only know one person that played it. Take two. Um, final thoughts, Jacob. Yeah, the only thing that I I have final thoughts on is that like, it's really disheartened. So in uh, uh, Nintendo winning family best family game is kind of a meme because like <laughs> who else is going to win best family game and and there have been other years where like a decent family game has come out that's like in the running with the other four Nintendo games mm-hmm. but so for for it takes two to be the one that wins and like breaks that meme streak is just really like man i i don't agree with this at all if i i i if i was running the show i don't care how many votes got in for it takes two for that, <laughs> in that category i would veto it i'd be like nope doesn't matter. Like, it's just not. It's not a family game. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's tough, too, because, like, Mario Party Superstars isn't actually a new game. It's just mm-hmm. a bunch of old games put into one game. And then you also have Mario 3D World, which, again, is a 2013 game. And what came out this year that was part of it is a single player. And then, you know, you just have Chaotic WarioWare game, which is pretty niche in my opinion. So, um, 
It's not totally blasphemous. I would have given it to Mario Party Superstars, but it, it it's still kind of like, yeah. I would have um, given it to a game that dealt with divorce. <laughs> yeah, what sort there's of family all, There's also that. There's also that. But uh, hey, I mean, it could have been just a weak year for 2021. So I guess, um, you know, we can segue into doc mode with that one. <laughs> uh, back to you, Ed. Uh, Jacob, did you have something nope. like last to say? No, nah, I'm good. Back to you, Ed. Okay. Yeah. Well, right, we're going to get into Doc Mode. Since this is our last live show for 2021, I thought we should reflect on Nintendo themselves and talk about how, as a company, they did this year. Did they come out strong? What was a disappointing moment for them? We're going to dig into all of it. So, Elite Black Agents, let's go! And I actually have a list. Of the games that came out so we got super mario 3d world plus browser fury we have new pokemon snap femicon detective club the missing air and uh the girl who uh who stands behind we got metopia we got game builder garage mario golf super rush uh the legend of zelda skyward sword hd pokemon unite warrior wear get it together metroid dread Mario Party uh, Superstars, and Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. So we got about 13, 14 games that came out. Uh, what did you guys think? Was it a strong year for Nintendo? Dan? Um, I, I think, I mean, okay, so objectively, dollars show <laughs> success in the industry. Um, subjectively, it was like, my favorite year for Nintendo <laughs> in a <laughs> long time. I mean, being such a JRPG junkie, like I had Bravely Default 2 come out. I had um, East 9 come out. I had Monster Hunter Stories 2, which was amazing, come yes. out, which also got me into Monster Hunter Rise, which came out this year. And then we have Shin Megami Tensei 5 that came out this year. I mean, I was just like loving 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 this year i thought it was going to be a down year coming off the uh pandemic year you know 2020 was tough for developers and everybody um but i you know i there was so many games out there that i just like loved i i loved mario 3d all-star or not 3d all-stars Super Mario 3D World. I never got to play that game on uh, Wii U, so super excited that I got to play that. Um, also very happy that I was able to play Skyward Sword again. Not my favorite Zelda game, not even in my top 10, but it still had fun, and I was glad I was able to play it again. And, um, you know, two games I didn't play, but I was glad to see WarioWare and Metroid get revived and, like, loved seeing the hype around metroid too so you know it, on top of all the big announcements that they had the games are great as well all right what about you uh jacob did nintendo come out strong this year um i'm gonna i'm gonna say no okay i'm gonna i'm gonna say i'm gonna say that they that they they had they had a very good year in terms of like refamiliarizing their friend their franchises with mm -hmm. new players with people who specifically with people who didn't pick up a Wii U, um, and I think that they I think that they did the best that they could given the situation that we the entire state of the world is in. 
I think that it, I think though that it could have been a much bigger year. But to not even focus on that, I think that they showed that they. I think that they showed this year specifically that they listen to their consumers, they listen to their customers, even though we're not seeing the benefits of that yet. I think that they made I think that they made a lot of choices that that people got mad about, but I think that they also made choices that we'll we'll see play out in the future that that will keep nintendo on top for a lot of people uh be more specific like what what do you think they did that pissed people off and that like you think has longevity yeah well so i i personally think that the nintendo switch online service the expansion plus is great i think that they've made a very good decision with that i think that people are sleeping on the family plan for that um, and I think if they continue to go the route that I'm, I'm thinking they'll go with adding some DLC to games behind that, with adding more systems behind that, I don't think it's just going to be the N64 before they charge us more for, for new stuff. I mm-hmm. think that we will see that play out in a positive light. However, people were very upset with the price cost, but it's because they we went into it with expectations and we had no reason to go into it with expectations and i think a lot of people to add on with that didn't grasp the pricing system mm-hmm. 50 dollars is the total not 50 dollars added on so people thinking oh it's 50 some dollars so they're thinking they're paying 70 dollars no you're paying the 50 dollars plus the tax meaning that if you already own nintendo online you're paying a lesser price so it could equal up to the 50 dollars because you already play part of it so people didn't think of that it's a portion of that 50 that you have already paid now if you're new to it yes you would you are able to pay the 50 dollars if you want to have the expression pass. But people just thought, I think people just didn't get the math portion of it. And, and another, another win, another win that they had. And I, it's funny because, so this is a, I have this theory that probably a lot of people have that like you did, nobody complains when things are going correctly and, but nobody, (laughs) nobody points them out either. So when your nose is working, you don't wake up in the morning and think, man, it's so good that I can breathe out of my nose. But when you have a stuffy nose, it's all you can think about. Nintendo throughout the year has been very good about finding product. People were freaking out when the Zelda Amiibo and Joy-Cons came out and nobody could find them. They sold out and you walk into a store right now and you can find them. They're there. You can buy them. And, and I think that they have been, they have been working on, it's still, it's a slow rollout. We wish that they'd put out more, but I think they've been working on building up stock before making something available so that they can, mm-hmm. that they can provide enough for everybody. The one thing that I have not been able to find is the N64 controller through the Nintendo Switch online service, but they have mm-hmm. made a public statement saying that there will be more coming in 2022. Like they've addressed it. 
So it's more of a production. Yeah, they've thing. they've they've gone. They've heard our cries throughout the past years, saying that you know it's just so hard to find everything. Why is it always like this? And they've they've made it. If you just be patient, if you just wait, you will uh, you will be able to find it. Okay. Well, for me, I think they did come out strong this year. Um, it's not their strongest year. I think they came out strong. I think their strongest year to me is their 2019. That that was just a bunker of games that just dropped. But I think they did come correct. That did come strong because you know we got Sora and Smash. We got an E3 presentation that we are still watching and looking like Breath of the. We actually got to see Breath of the Wild two in action, and of course, there's a whole bunch of memes and stuff. But we got to see that game in action. We got to see Bayonetta three in action. Um, Metroid Dread, you know, and, and when they said Metroid five, you know, everybody's like, "Ooh, what is this?" And for a lot of people, it was just that one trailer that kind of run them E3 for Nintendo, mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, we got some new Famicom Detective uh, Club. Like, we got two remakes that never touched uh, America, and then most of us Nintendo fans in America did not know about. So that's a new IP to us. Game Builder Garage, you know, that's something uh, for the summer. Garage. It, it's so good. Like it really got you to teach uh stuff when 3D World came out for Mario. Uh, like I said, me and Dan and uh Jack played it and we howled and laughed there of all the craziness that came out. You know, there was just so much good things that they that they caught. Then they announced the, their esport thing with Smash and Splatoon. You know, Nintendo stepping out to do that after definitely with Sony buying uh uh, evil and everything. Nintendo was just like, you know, let's let's find a way that we could still be able to bring this uh out. And you know, they're doing what uh Ultimate and Melee, uh, yeah, with Panda. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the, that's cool that Nintendo was doing. Oh, go ahead, Jacob. Uh, well, I was gonna say so that that isn't that's another thing is that like they 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 are making the strides to make to to like catch up to everybody else yeah. finally it's been so long that they've just been so far behind every time where it's like come on nintendo everyone else is in 2021 catch up and now they're like hey we're in 2019 now and so they're just two years behind and like maybe next year they'll just be one year behind and and it's, maybe one year they'll have rollback netcode maybe one year they'll have <laughs> rollback netcode and then like i see them doing that because that sort of stuff is they're they're realizing as as newer as newer younger people get higher up into their corporate mm-hmm. ladder they are they are able to make their voices heard and they're they are realizing that the generations have moved on and that they want a new some a new focus for the company Yes, and then you know Nintendo Switch OLED when people say well I'm not going to buy it they got it in their hand and not only is it a talk, talk of the town, a lot of people were just like, I can't go back to my old Switch because of how good it's the old crazy. is. crazy. I can't go, like, I, so I'm bringing my old Switch to travel with me for work. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it is night and day. I didn't think there was going to be that much of a difference with the OLED. Um, you know, because, like, I even play handheld at home all the time. Yes. Uh, so it's like... It, I just couldn't believe what a difference it makes on the OLED. Right. You know, and I I think they just, I, that Bluetooth and switch, the headphones that I got, I 
didn't know how of a game changer it was going to be. You know, because I didn't think about, you know, Bluetooth uh, pairing with my Switch because I was playing it on my TV or I would just play it at work for a few minutes. So I wasn't thinking about having headphones in it or anything. Now that I got these wireless ones, it's a great way to play Switch. It's a great way to hear a lot of the sound design and music in the games. Yes, they are late about it. Once again, does anyone talk or care about it? Not so much. So I really think that Nintendo uh, did come out strong. Now, now there have been some faults. <laughs> there has been some disappointments. And I think one of the disappointments has been, like, I kind of wish that we would get more. Uh, I mean, this is a common one. Uh, but I will, I wish that we had more directs this year. And I really wish that we were able to see more indie games and third-party games. Like, I wish there was a direct really focus on big AAA third-party games. Even if there was ports or something, I wish there was a direct coming straight to us for that. You know, give it to EA, well, Activision, if you want to say. But give it to, like, uh, um, you know, 505 Games. Uh, or Bandai Nelco, like mix it up where the big, well-known companies that we know about are away from Nintendo and indie games. Give us all their AAA stuff that they're going to bring to our system. And I wish Nintendo focused more on that because I think they would have got more recognition and more support for a lot of those games. Uh, what about you, Dan? Uh, what was uh, kind of the disappointing thing for you for Nintendo? Hmm. Um, I don't know, <laughs> to be honest, like I just, I, I didn't see any issues with the, uh, Nintendo switch online. Um, <laughs> I think the software of that is at a bare minimum. Um, one thing that like, I was a little disappointed in and I hope it doesn't become a common, common theme was Mario golf. That game came out pretty bare. There was not a, there was like five courses. It didn't have all of its, you know, it didn't have all these like uh, single player modes that it had. And it didn't even have like the ranked matches when it came out. It was a pretty bare bones game. Um, and it took about six months for all of the updates to drop and make it a complete game. And I just don't want to see that kind of thing happen uh, again like that. I I personally just love the game of Mario Golf, so I'm continuing to play it. But like, I just I think that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And I just don't think it's a good way to roll out a game either. And if you do roll out a game like that, be transparent about what's going to come down the road. Give us a roadmap. Mm -hmm. Let us know. And just be honest, right? Because that could also help your sales or it could help someone make their purchase later on. I, um, I, I agree with that. I do think, I do think there's something to be said for the idea that like, I don't think the updates made a difference. Um, for like, I don't think people saw the updates and were like, Oh, Hey, I'm going to go out and buy Mario golf now. Um, 
So I, I see that maybe they did it because if I remember correctly, Mario Golf didn't come out around the same time as anything else, right? Like it was the big game for that month. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out in June. It came out like it came out a couple weeks before Skyward Sword. Okay, so um, so yeah, June twenty sixth for Mario Golf. When was Skyward Sword? Skyward Sword was July fifteenth. Okay, July sixteenth. So... So yeah, a couple of weeks. So I think that I think that, and I don't like this. I agree with you, Dan. That they, I wish they would give a clear, precise roadmap so that people would know what they were getting into. But I think that they decided that I'm guessing they decided that they weren't going to be able to drum up more sales by delaying the game and getting a full product out there. That mm-hmm. it was worth it to just put something out there so that people could play and then they just get it in. And I don't, I don't agree with that. I think that that's pretty. That's pretty lame. I think that they they could be transparent about it. Maybe even say like, "Hey, the game's supposed to be sixty dollars, but we're gonna charge thirty dollars, and then if you choose to buy these extra packs, it'll end up being sixty dollars total or something." I don't know. But- right, but uh, uh, just to counter one thing you said, where you know you said uh, I don't think that people saw the update and then decided to buy Mario Golf. Mm-hmm. I, I it was the opposite of. Like, I'm thinking the opposite of it. It's like the people who had already bought it put it down and the updates didn't bring them back. Yeah. So there was like a lot of times I was trying to find a match and I just couldn't find a match because nobody was playing it anymore. And it's like, these updates are awesome, you guys. Like, look at these awesome courses. Come out and play. But like everybody had kind of just moved on because the, the, the base game was so bare bones. That's that's true, and the the only reason that I kind of disagree with that is that I wonder if they if the game came out with all of those, what the longevity of that game would have been if it came out at a later date, like if people yeah. would have been playing it even at all months and months later or not. So that's and we don't we don't know. We have no way of knowing for sure how it would actually how it would actually roll out. Um, hopefully, right. hopefully they try something different next time and it, and it, we can maybe use that as a point of data. Yeah. Um, In our chat, uh, coconut says, that's fair. I fell off Mario golf way faster than I thought I would. And Aaron Domingo says, I literally played for two hours and then never again. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Um, I, the, am I wrong in thinking that this year had less of the, here's the game announcement and it comes out in a month or two. Like the first time we see the game, it happened with Metroid dread. They announced Metroid dread. And then a few mm-hmm. months later it was here, but I feel like that happened a lot more last year than this year, but maybe I'm wrong on that. No, it, it, you're right. Uh, a lot of games that did get announced that were coming out. Some of them have been announced last year and there weren't a lot of like, uh, shadow drops from indies or anything so i i think metroid dread is the only one because that is the only game that no one knew about that's probably been in development um and something that mercury system mercury steam wasn't even talking about because they said they were working on their own ip so who we no one just knew about it, it was just uh complete out of nowhere so that game probably had been in development and then it just got a date uh most of the most of the Smash Brothers stuff did get a date, uh, but that was just to announce, you know, 
uh, direct for it to when they're going to be showing more more of it off, and then it releases. Um, other than that, not much. So it, that, it really wasn't much. I mean, it was po- was Pokemon Snap one of those? Like, uh, no, Pokemon Snap I think was announced almost a year before it came out. I think. yeah. Oh, okay. I might be wrong, but I know I we I know we knew about Monster Hunter Rise for a long time. Yes. We knew yeah. about we knew about 3D World uh, three yeah 3D World like six months ahead of it yeah yeah uh, that that goes in hand with like my disappointment with them this year is that they've become very spoilerific on like what what they're willing to show before a game comes out. I hit a point. Metroid Dread was so great for me because I hit a point where I just decided nope. Not not watching or looking at or listening to any more information on this. I know I'm gonna buy it already, um, so I'm I'm just going to I'm just going to go radio silent on Metroid Dread and announcements from Nintendo. And I know a lot of people that didn't and got like totally spoiled on almost the entire game. Well, I, well, it was it's very weird because they didn't really go hard on promotion for Metroid Dread until two weeks before the game came out. Mm. Because that's the time that, you know, even we reported on uh, or talked about it that Metroid Zero Mission and Fusion were making sales and everybody was talking about going through it. But, like, they they may have like announced maybe one new thing, but everything else no one knew about besides the intro. And and that's when Nintendo showed it. Like, no one knew what the full game was going to be about until it actually came out. Well, I mean, like, I know know a lot of people knew that you fought Chozos, which was not announced, like, within the early part. Like, it was, there were, like, hints, but they never actually Mm -hmm. just straight up showed it. I know that, I I know that, um, I believe... It's okay to spoil stuff now, right? Like we're past the state of statute of limitations. At least you could say spoiler alert. Spoiler yeah. alert. If you haven't played Metroid Dread and you don't know anything, I'm going to give you like 10 more seconds while I talk. Um, you you fight Kraid in Metroid Dread, which was super, super cool. And I'm, I feel like they showed that in a trailer. I'd have to double check, but I'm pretty sure after I fought it and freaked out about it, Somebody in my chat was like, "Oh yeah, I knew about this already." Yeah, you. They did show it, but everybody didn't know that it was Craig because of how quick it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because even I didn't know until I got to him. Be like, "What the world is this?" And then I had to go back to look in the trailer. And be like, "Oh, they did show it," but everybody was just excited that the game yeah. got announced. Like there was no kind of breakdown to it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the one thing that I that I'm a bit disappointed about from them is that I I really like the uh, here's an announcement games coming out in a few months type of thing, like when they did Paper Mario. Yes, that yeah, one that was, was hilarious. Great. Because and I love it because that carries like the hype carries itself because people are finally for the first time figuring out about a game existing and then it's Age here. of Calamity too. Mm-hmm. That one was wild. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I no, too bad I, it ended up sucking. No, <laughs> damn, I hated Age of Calamity. <laughs> well, I hated Bowser's Fury, and I'm apparently one of the few people that did, if the yeah. only person. And I love games, <laughs> so I, I, I can't really, I can't stop nobody. I love both games. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, a game in a mode, I should say. <laughs> I, I, I do want to just mention about this year, too, is like it was so cool to see the revival of certain franchises and games mm-hmm. and stuff like seeing Pokemon Snap come out 20 years later was really cool. Metroid coming back 17 years later is really cool. WarioWare coming out. You know, and then even the announcement of Advance Wars, like another game that we just haven't seen for years, like super cool to see all that stuff. It it's super cool to see Square Enix supporting Nintendo hard. They've been supporting Nintendo like from from when SquareSoft left Nintendo because of the cartridge stuff for Final Fantasy and being like on PlayStation and a little bit on Xbox, being so really big supporter of them. Going for 3DS until now, I'm like, there's like about what six or some games re- releases and new stuff that Square Enix has done, and then we got cloud version of Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, yes, we are getting a cloud version of Kingdom Hearts, but it's it's surprising no, to not. see how Square. It's surprising to see how Square Enix is supporting them. Mm. So. Mm. So, uh, any final words, you guys, uh, while we wrap this up? So, well, I would say this. What grade would you give Nintendo? Dan, what is your grade for Nintendo? I would give him a solid B this year. Okay. Uh, <coughs> Jacob? I, I'd actually give them a B- minus this year. I, I, again, I'm very happy with it, but, like, I found myself going back to my backlog a lot this year. Okay, um, I would give them a a uh, not a plus. I would give them a B my a B plus this year. I think they had a strong E three. They had some great games from just for them as first party that came out. Um, I'm excluding the third party indie games because I kind of just wanted to focus on Nintendo because if I added them, I think it probably would have been a, a straight A. What's of cards, everybody? Go play that. That that's so, such a good grade. Uh, and go play my son the stories too. That. The animation in that story is really uh, and that good. game is beautiful on the uh, OLED. Like I wish I wish they waited to just release that on the OLED because it is beautiful on that thing. Yes. So um and then uh anything beautiful uh Jacob on OLED or <laughs> that would have given it a <laughs> uh yeah, well so like I I I don't I have a mixed feelings because if you if I include third party in it, I would probably give it an A, but I also want to give it like a worse grade because of my heartbreak that is Kingdom Hearts coming to Switch. <laughs> and that is Square yeah. like I I'm so glad that you championed Square Enix, Ed, because I have ripped into them a lot this year. I just said I have I as just well. said, Yeah, I just said support. No, no, yeah, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> Maybe not so, in a great way, but they. Definitely I'm surprised you gave him a B minus too, Jacob, because it is a. Uh, it was a strong, strong year for one of your favorite franchises. Seeing Pokemon Snap come out, uh, seeing a MOBA Pokemon come out, oh, and yeah. Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl come out. Like this is a strong Pokemon year. Yeah, oh, for sure, and, it, and the fact that a Monster Hunter game came back. And, and, yeah, like and yeah, Monster no, Hunter. They, it's just I I I have to I have to look at the entire year and think about how like how long did those carry me through the entire entire year because it's it's 
again, I, I went back to my backlog a lot. Like I played a lot of Pokemon, but it was I played a lot of Pokemon Sword and she and Shield. I played a lot of Zelda, but Breath of the Wild after I finished Skyward Sword. I played a lot of Monster Hunter just because I played a lot of Monster Hunter. But like it's hard you played for me a to, lot of Monster I Hunter. I played a lot of Monster <laughs> Hunter. Yes. It's hard for me to give Nintendo themselves an amazing grade for what Capcom is doing for them. That's my problem. Is that gotcha. like what did Nintendo do this year? So and, I think a good, I think a good solid B. Yeah. Overall, from three of us, we're, we're solid. So everybody, that has been our final doc mode. We're going to get into play with power. Jacob, your final play with power for 2021. Hit us up. What have you been playing? Yeah, so um, shout out to Whitethorn Games, the publisher, and Alien yes. Trap. I actually reached out to Whitethorn Games, and they provided me with a code for Witchwood. So I guess sponsored? Not really. I, I wasn't paid for it other than receiving the receiving the code. Um, if you count that in a way. I don't, I'm not sure how that works. But, like, that game is so comfy, cozy, and adorable, and wonderful. I highly recommend it if you like Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley or just like maybe like Don't Starve. Just any sort of like casual, want to chill out, relax, enjoy a good story type of game. Um, it's got great characters. You play a grumpy old witch that's super sassy. And there's like, there's a, a goat who I assume represents like basically the devil. Um, and you have to, you have a contract with him and you have to go gather souls I've been playing it over on my Twitch and it's, it's been, it's been very, very fun. Um, I, it's, it's like 20 bucks. It's not very expensive at all. So if, if you're looking for a new game to play that you want to relax for with the, with the holidays, man, Witchwood, you, 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 you could do, you could do a lot, lot worse because Witchwood is fantastic. And again, I did receive a code from them. So like I, I am biased, I guess. Um, but it's, it's, I, I have got a couple complaints with it. It, it there's like, you navigate your menu, you have like an item box menu and you have to navigate mm -hmm. it with the D pad. And I wish that I could do that with the right and left bumper. Cause those don't do anything in the overworld. And that's, but that it's kind of just a personal complaint because it's a, it's a very slow paced game. So there's no reason for like quick menu navigation, but I just, I just have an itch to be able to navigate my menu quickly. Um, and then other than Witchwood, I've been playing just a ton of Pokemon. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl. I've been shiny hunting. I got uh, our very first shiny that we got on Pokemon Brilliant uh, Diamond and Shining Pearl was uh, Bidoof. Yes! The, the <laughs> amazing Bidoof, Dan's favorite. Um, been playing uh, more Pokemon Unite lately. Uh, and I've been playing Lego DC Supervillains. Have y'all played that? I heard of it. I heard it's really good. I haven't picked it up yet. I don't know a dang thing about DC Universe. I like. I know the basics. I know who Joker is. I know who Batman is. I know who Superman is. This game is like GTA meets Legos. What? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> There's like you have missions, story-based missions that you go through, but then like while you're getting to that story-based mission, it's basically GTA. You can just kind of do whatever you want in the world around you. And there's a lot of little like side things to do. And it's very funny. The writing's very silly. Um, <laughs> I made, you You make yourself a supervillain. So I made myself um, 
a naked barbarian named Icy Hot Man because I have a cold hand and a, and a hot hand and I wield double axes. Um, and again, I had the ability to make myself basically considered naked as far as Legos go. All I have color-wise is like the, the like um, part in between the legs and the chest. It's very strange and silly and goofy. Yeah, it's... Um, it's it's a cool one. It's a cool one. That got recommended me to play uh, by a member of the Otter Kingdom community, AJ, and I've, I've been enjoying it. And the music slaps. It has no reason to, <laughs> but the music is amazing. It's so weird. It's very, very strange. I start up the menu sometimes just to listen to the menu song um, because it, it absolutely slaps. It's like a rock punk cover of something. I don't know what it is, but it's great. Oh, and it's a Lego awesome. game. Nice, nice. Kind of uh, then <laughs> final playing with power. I finally finished Picross S three. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, okay. So now I only have one Picross game left on the Switch to fully complete, beginning to end, and that is Picross S five. So I will. That'll be my. Uh, venture for 2022 um i have been really addicted to tetris effect like so addicted nice. to it like i you were talking about um the bluetooth earlier Ed. i've been putting my bluetooth on with this game and just uh -huh. like zoning out to the music and like really doing these like marathon tetris matches and it's like oh it's perfect i love 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 this game if you like any sort of tetris please pick up Tetris effect. It is awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, and it's still on my list to get, and I can't wait. Cause I'm, I'm buying it. On, I'm going to be buying it on my OLED. Oh, uh, and yeah, you gotta, you, you gotta buy it. Like you would love, you're going to love the music in it. Is, oh yeah. Is there an endless mode? Like could just go until you lose. Yes, okay, there good. is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, did, did you post a video of it? Like I did. Okay. Yeah, I posted that on Twitter. That was like in the journey mode. Yes. So like the journey mode's really cool because it'll have like four levels and it has like different backgrounds and music of the levels. And basically what you have to do is you have to clear like 46 rows to advance to the next level. And obviously like the speed keeps going up. The music gets different. The lights like go different. It's really cool. Um, so Tetris Effect... Gotta get it if you like Tetris. Um, I'm, I, I think I say this every week, and I might actually be there this time. I think I'm at the end of Shimagami Tensei. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm like, you know, I just wrapped up the uh, fourth big exploration area. I'm level seventy eight right now. Wow. Um, yeah, I, you know, I've gotten some demons that like. You know, I fused some demons where I was like, oh, man, I never thought I'd be fighting alongside these guys. Um, so it's like it, it, it's getting to the end of it uh, again. Wonderful game. Um, it is a little light on the story front, but the action and gameplay is there to keep you hooked. Uh, gameplay loops just amazing. Um, and I think that's it for me. All right. Uh, well, for me. Uh, started up Spirit Fairer. Beautiful game. I just seeing it, looking at it, I'm like, oh my goodness, why did I wait so long for this? 
it's it's an amazing game really fun uh love the animation um love the characters there was this big thing of death you know making your person the next spirit for everything and i was just like don't go because i love your artwork <laughs> and i just love how who they mixed the voice to be real deep and dark and stuff and it was just so good and everything and it was just like oh this is amazing shimmer got me to say five grinding like literally grinding i am going to beat that second boss i'm going to put the work in and beat him uh make sure you have fire users fire users all the way oh yes Uh, jack-o-lantern and force dampeners ah yes um I would, let me write that down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll text but, you. Yes, uh, was playing Ruiner, uh, getting that game. It's like a, a isometric, like cyberpunk kind of dystopia, uh, arcadey shoot 'em up game. It's it's really nice, uh, really cool. Uh, Brilliant Diamond and Streets of Rage uh, Four. Been playing, uh, you know, making progress in that. Uh, Death's Door, man, it's. I was thinking of what is my ultimate game of the year list, and I'm I'm it's a struggle right now. I I just been hit with so many good games to make a ten game list, like five top, you know, my top five, and then five honorable mentions. I may have to jump into about twenty games, and because like Death's Door is like right now number six, and I I I kind of want to move it up to part of my top five. It's so good, and it's just like the music is great and everything. So I'm definitely am enjoying that. Uh, um, so so what is Death Store like? Is it um, like what kind of game is it? I so haven't it, looked into it at all. So it's an action adventure style game. It has a um, it's kind of almost like a link to the past in a sense. It has this uh, dungeon kind of uh, exploration, and you get different uh, special items. Um, you collect these kind of souls that you could go back to your uh, your hub and uh, increase your attack, your speed, your dodge, and stuff. Um, the goal is to you know you're trying to capture these souls that got away. Um, and so you're kind of playing as deaf, but the thing about it is just like you're this small little bird and you're going against these big uh, enemies, these big monsters. And so you kind of got to be strategic not to get hit, but attack more, attack them until they all die and stuff. So it's a it's a kind of a basic adventure game. I don't want to say it's Zelda-ish because they're not really dungeons in the game. There's just like different areas you go to. Uh, and everything like that and sometimes you collect uh, special powers uh, to help you in battle and everything so um, it's a really nice uh, really nice very comedic at times uh, but it's a nice indie game so it has a, it's more of an action adventure game cool cool so, I, I want to check it out yes so um, that is going to be it for playing with power um, and that's going to be it for Nintendo Power, like everybody, our live show. I want to thank you, Dan. I want to thank you, Jacob. I um, also want to thank Corey, David, Lulu, Jack, Laron, uh, Stephanie, Grayson Morales, who has, uh, uh, guys, go to Game Rent and check out his preview of Forspoken. Uh, Forsaken or Sp- Forspoken? Uh, Forspoken. It's Forspoken. It's Forspoken. Forspoken. 
Uh, why did I say for a second? I'm sorry, Grayson. Uh, you guys can read his preview and his interview that he he did. Um, it's really worth the read, everybody. Uh, so shout out to Grayson Morales for that. The guys go show him love. Um, at GamesRant.com. Um, with that, everybody, have a great week. Have a great weekend. Have a great Christmas or Kwanzaa if you celebrate it. Hopefully, everybody had a great um Hanukkah. Uh, and that's going to be it for Nintendo Plowback Live Show. <laughs> um, any last words, Dan, Jacob, before we head out? Uh, it's not the last live show ever. It's the last live show until next year. We'll see you all in 2022. <laughs> I keep doing it. I'm yeah. so sorry. So uh, just to clear that up, if you've made it this far in the podcast, uh, it's been a great year. I am looking forward to 2022. Uh, we're going to have so many great games, so much to talk about. And I hope to see a lot more new guests on the show as well. Yes. Uh, Jacob, any final words? No, yeah. I'm I'm excited for 2022 as well. The one thing... The one thing that uh, Nintendo did show up with at at e at the Game Awards was that like coming in twenty twenty two section, which had everything they've announced so far. So if that oh. stays true, twenty twenty two is going to be absolutely amazing. We'll see how that works. Um, yes, but yeah, it's gonna be cool. And we will be there to cover it, to uh, give it some good googly mooglies and, and more. So everybody. We will see you in 2022 for our live Game of War show. And with that, everybody, we'll see you next time on Nintendo Power Block. Woohoo! Bye bye, everybody. Bye bye.